Hello, I'm M3, and this is my opinion. For Wednesday, August 15th, 2018, here today to recap and break down SmackDown Live from last night as they uh, make their final stop on the road to SummerSlam, the final build-up for what I got to say has been the better side of the SummerSlam card so far. When you look at uh, the WWE Championship match, the U.S. title match, both of which I'll get to a little bit, uh, the Miz versus Daniel Bryan, all matches that I'm sure everyone's excited for, the tag team titles. But we'll start with the Women's Championship, which will be defended on Sunday. Thankfully, this match is not taking place on the kickoff show. You know that before this women's evolution, this match would have been a kickoff show type match, but with how this rivalry has evolved in uh, recent weeks, it, it needed to be on uh, the main card. And last night to begin SmackDown, you saw a uh, final face-off between uh the two challengers and the champion, um, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and SmackDown Women's Champion, uh, Carmella. And it, it spent most of the time with Carmella talking, trying to instigate, incite issues between uh, Lynch and Charlotte. And Becky even it, it admitted that she uh, would rather Charlotte not be in the match, but that's just because uh, it decreases her chances of uh, winning the championship because of how great uh, Charlotte is. Charlotte also refused to uh, uh, bite at uh, what uh, Carmella was trying to throw out there and uh, made the promise that her title reign would come to an end on Sunday. And before the taunting grew any further, that's when uh, SmackDown general manager Page came out to uh, um, talk to the three women and make a match for that night, pitting Charlotte and Becky against her former teammates Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville from uh, the days earlier this year when they were known as Absolution. And the problem I had with this segment is you spent most of the time with. Carmella gloating, talking down her two opponents, trying to cause some dissension between the two of them. Didn't really give either Becky or uh, Charlotte a chance to talk before Paige interrupted them to make a match that honestly didn't really inspire much. What you did see throughout the match is the still inexperienced factor that uh, Rose and Deville have uh, both uh, still very young um, in uh, their career, but what you also saw is how uh, Becky Lynch let her emotions get to her a little bit, um, almost trying to, with without admitting it, uh, show up Charlotte by uh, winning the match all by herself. There was a point where she looked like she could have made the tag to Charlotte when she was getting double teamed, but once uh, she uh, was able to get rolling, she decided to just go out and uh, win the match uh, all by herself, got uh, 
fired up, took out both uh, DeVille and Rose, and eventually um, got Rose to tap out with the disarm her. And it's something they've continued to play up the friendship between Charlotte and Becky, but it's going to be interesting to watch Sunday because only one of them can win the triple threat match. And at some point, yeah, they can fight Carmella, double team her all they want. But at some point, if they want to be women's champion, they're going to have to turn their attention to one another and take down the other at all costs. I I still wish that it was uh, Becky Lynch one-on-one with Carmella, but it does make it rather intriguing seeing uh, Charlotte in this match because uh, you get to see, okay, which one of them is going to stab the other in the back first to try and win the championship because you know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when and who is it going to be. Now, probably the most unnecessary part of SmackDown was the uh, second week in a row of preparing a two versus three handicap match with three local competitors going up against the SmackDown tag team champions, Harper and Rowan. Now, they did this last week, and it was something I actually enjoyed because um, they haven't done it since uh, the days of Braun Strowman first being built up. We have a uh, handicap match uh, just to have uh, the superstar come out and uh, annihilate the local competitors, completely squash them. And I thought that was kind of cool, but this week it it really served no purpose. You already knew how dominant and out of control uh, Harper and Rowan were. They just came out and eviscerated the three guys, and uh, the match really never even got started. They attacked them before the bell even could ring, so I didn't feel the need for this uh, to uh, happen last night. They they could have had a an actual match in that spot um, saved the Bludgeon Brothers for something else. Now, Bludgeon Brothers will be defending the tag titles on Sunday on uh, the kickoff show against uh, the New Day. And the New Day were in action last night in a six-man tag team matchup against a team that has been a rival of theirs recently, Sanity. Kind of a wacky, out of control, fun matchup here as a warm up for the new day um, prior to uh, SummerSlam on Sunday. And no, they, uh, what's it called? It's kind of a bad spot to put this match in because this is a rivalry that um, got started over the summer and you thought, oh, maybe this could go for a while. Sanity and the New Day uh, trading wins uh, back and forth here. But you knew there was no way they were going to have the New Day lose a match this close to SummerSlam. No matter how much uh, uh, Sanity uh, was able to isolate Kofi Kingston throughout the match, uh, eventually he was going to get either Woods or uh, Big E into... uh, the mix and uh, he things would start going the New Day's way and eventually they were able to push uh, Sanity aside when uh, Biggie uh, came in and lifted up uh, Killian Dane uh, for the tag team finisher with Xavier Woods up up down down. It's funny that when they they do that 
tag team maneuver with the Woods and with Kofi Kingston, and they have two different names for it. With when he lifts uh, the opponent on his shoulder and does it with Woods, it's called up, up, down, down. When he lifts him up and does the finisher with Kofi Kingston, it's called the Midnight Hour. So it, that's something kind of uh, cool, interesting. You've never seen that before, where a team has uh, a different name for the same uh, finisher. Now they move on to Sunday and uh, face. Uh, the uh, Bludgeon Brothers. You know, the Bludgeon Brothers should have been saved for a situation you know, coming out after this match and essentially a stare down with uh, the New Day. Or like we saw last week after the New Day won the, the tag team tournament, became the number contenders, the Bludgeon Brothers were off somewhere in the crowd staring at the ring while the New Day Day was celebrating, didn't even realize they were there. They, they should have kind of had that eerie situation set up rather than wasting the Bludgeon Brothers for beating down a, a bunch of jobbers once again. But this is going to be an interesting class of, class of styles on Sunday. You've got uh, the high energy uh, quickness of the New Day. Even Big E's uh, very agile for his size going up against the Bludgeon Brothers who like to slow things down more methodical and just uh, or have been uh, having a stranglehold over the tag titles the last four or five months here and annihilating every team that they uh, come across. So should be interesting to see what happens between these two teams on Sunday during the SummerSlam kickoff show. The best part of SmackDown had to be the uh, breakdown of the history of Daniel Bryan and The Miz prior to uh, their highly anticipated match at SummerSlam this coming Sunday. And they recapped uh, their eight-year history, their eight-year rivalry in a a three-part package uh, throughout the night. The first uh, focusing on their days back in NXT when The Miz was meant touring Daniel Bryan um, uh, with Daniel Bryan even though he was in uh, the wrestling business uh, for about 10 years uh, prior to appearing on NXT he was uh, still a rookie in WWE eyes and uh, the, the Miz uh, was his mentor but really did nothing but mock him uh, the entire time but uh, uh, Daniel Bryan was able to get the last laugh in that, getting his first victory on the television against The Miz and winning his uh, first championship from The Miz in uh, late uh, 2010. Then uh, they, in the second part, they talked about uh, the Daniel Bryan and his retirement and the, the how the animosity continued between Brian and The Miz, uh, when uh, Daniel was the general manager of SmackDown Live, even going back to that infamous uh, moment on Talking Smack, where uh, uh, The Miz infuriated Daniel Bryan so much, got out under his skin that instead of uh, attacking The Miz or punching him in the face like he, he would want to, he just walked off the set because he was uh, the general manager of the show and had to keep his cool and uh, stay level-headed. And the final part of the series, that they talk about how 
Um, Daniel Bryan was so motivated to get back in the ring. Uh, he didn't want uh, that injury, uh, the, the concussion to uh, end his dream and how he was motivated uh, to get back at The Miz for all his taunting, for uh, all of his talking down to him and uh, prove to The Miz that he is uh, truly back. And there was a lot of good stuff from the um, Miz here, how he felt disrespected by Daniel Bryan when he was Daniel Bryan's pro, or how he was he was actually surprised that Daniel Bryan didn't punch him in the face during that infamous moment on Talking Smack back in 2016, and how he's out this Sunday to end Daniel Bryan's little fairy tale of a comeback here. I'll tell you, they, they have handled this feud so perfectly it's been so great how they've been selling uh how much heat there is in the this rivalry now the fact that when they put Miz back on Smackdown in April in the Superstar Shakeup you knew that this match was going to happen eventually but the fact that they made us wait for it and didn't just give us the match right away made things feel better here uh, allowed it to build up a little bit more and to put the icing on the cake with this interview uh, with this three-part series where they each got to explain their point of view and uh, um, make a proclamation for this match on Sunday allowing us all also to reflect on their history I tell you, they, they've got a lot of really good matches set up on the SmackDown side w with all the championship matches that are assigned. But there's nothing more exciting than this match. We've been waiting for a long time. We knew when Daniel Bryan had to retire, if there was ever a chance for him to get back in the ring, this was the opponent we all wanted to see him go up against. Miz is as great a villain as there has been in wrestling in a long time. And now we'll finally get to see these two clash in uh, the next saga, uh, the next chapter in their long rivalry on Sunday night. And quite frankly, I can't wait for it to happen. As always, there's going to be a throwaway match on every one of these shows, whether it's Raw or SmackDown, hell, even sometimes on NXT. And last night that was uh, Aiden English looking to uh, heal and mend his relationship with uh, Rusev and Lana by uh, fighting uh, one of their uh, adversaries this Sunday, uh, Andrade Cien Almas, in a one-on-one -on -one match, which even though he fought hard, it turned out to be nothing more than a one-sided beatdown and a warm-up for Almas prior to Sunday. Eventually, uh, stopped playing around, hit the double knees in the corner and the hammerlock DDT for the victory. But we're talking about most here is after the match, uh, the, uh, the promo uh, with uh, the two teams uh, in which Almas and uh, Vega promised to end uh, Rusev Day and uh, uh, mock, were really much mocking Rusev and Lana until uh, Lana and Rusev came out 
to uh, confront them and uh, uh, promise the victory on Sunday. I tell you, this feud has been better than I, I thought it would be. A feud that has been very much built around Aiden English's mistakes. That's why the, they keep having matches between these two sides because Rusev and Lana look to be out to atone uh, their losses uh, to uh, Almas and Vega. But the, this is just being used to slow play what will be the inevitable, and that's Ron, Lana and Rusev, excuse me, um, turning on Aiden English, kicking him to the curb, being the end of Rusev Day, and more back to more serious tone of things for Rusev, and Lana by his side accompanying him for all of his matches. So while this feud between uh, Vega and uh, and uh, Almas against uh, Lana and Rusev has been okay. It's probably coming to its end at SummerSlam with their mixed tag team matchup during the pre-show. Jeff Hardy returned to action last night. His first match in a couple weeks going up against Shelton Benjamin kind of uses a I guess, tune-up or warm-up match for uh, Jeff Hardy prior to his rematch with Nakamura on Sunday for the United States Championship. And they played up uh, the angle of, you know, Hardy being somewhat distracted after, you know, weeks of physical and verbal beatdowns by uh, Randy Orton. But I got to say, watching this match... Even more so than the story of that, Jeff Hardy looked off his game a little bit, looked to be moving a little bit slowly, a little bit gingerly, almost like he's trying to work through an injury right now. He didn't even uh, attempt the Swanton Bomb last night, went, went up for it once, but it was blocked by Shelton Benjamin. He was able to hit a suplex from the top rope, but eventually Hardy was able to pull off uh, the victory here um, after hitting a second twist of fate and nailing a quick running splash onto Benjamin to survive and get the victory. And as expected, or as you would expect, uh, Nakamura tried to get an upper hand in their match on Sunday by a, trying to attack Jeff Hardy after the match uh, once again. But Hardy was able to reverse that, hit him with a twist of fate before going up for a swanton bomb, which I'm surprised he did uh, during the didn't do during the match and saved that for the post match fight with uh, Nakamura, more or less used as uh, a way uh, to try and make you think that Jeff Hardy uh, could. Uh, overcome the, the champion with all of the mental distractions he's had from uh, Randy Orton over uh, recent weeks, try and get back on his game and win back the United States Championship. But it probably would be the worst booking in the world to 
do that because Nakamura just won the title. Give him a, a little bit more longer of a run here with, a with the title. Plus, you know Jeff Hardy is going to be in a rivalry with Randy Orton after this no matter what. No, Really no need to add the U.S. title to that feud when this isn't been the sticking point for Randy Orton. It's been more about trying to take out the the people that he feels are getting more respect and uh, getting the respect that he deserves in his mind. I'm actually surprised they they haven't added Randy to this match to make it a triple threat match because you saw after Jeff Hardy won the match, after he was able to overcome a blindside attack by Nakamura and he's celebrating with the fans, Randy Orton was... Uh, standing off behind the curtain, uh, staring at the ring, unbeknownst to uh, Jeff Hardy looking on. You know he's going to play some kind of role in this match on Sunday. It's just a matter of does he interfere and and cost Jeff the title? Does he attack him post-match? So that that's going to be something to watch for. The match itself should be pretty good because they ha had a great match in their original U.S. title rematch on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago. Now in uh, the third crack of things over the last month, we'll see what happens between Hardy and Nakamura on Sunday when the, the title's on the line once again. I'll close out today with talking about the WWE Championship match set for Sunday with the champion AJ Styles defending his title against the number one contender Samoa Joe and Samoa Joe's been playing head games with AJ Styles in recent weeks whether it be the blindside uh, attack at the contract signing or bringing up uh, AJ Styles family trying to claim that Styles cares more about the title than uh, spending time with his family driving AJ to the point where last week he promised not only to retain the championship at SummerSlam, but said Joe would be lucky if he walked out of uh, Brooklyn at SummerSlam. This week he was a little more level-headed after uh, uh, supposedly talking with his wife at home, um, her reminding him uh, to not let this uh, strategy mess with him and stay on his game. And he came back and was more complimentary of Joe's uh, strategy to try and uh, mentally mess with him, but was not uh, going to let that get to him. Until Samoa Joe uh, came out to the stage to confront AJ and once again start bringing up the family stuff, even... Uh, revealed a letter that he had gotten um, and began reading it with a smirk on his face talk and in this letter saying that all of the statements that he was making about AJ and his dedication to being WWE champion and how it kept him away from uh, spending time with his wife and kids were true and saying that that letter was written by AJ Styles' wife, Wendy. And now, now that... That left AJ Styles in kind of a in kind of a rage there. Uh, even uh, you, I don't know if you've seen this, but on WWE.com they have a video from the aftermath of this, and AJ Styles tried to rush backstage and get after Samoa Joe, but uh, several superstars held uh, 
AJ back as Joe continued to taunt him, even Joe going as far to say that, hey, you've had three weeks to get after me, how come you haven't done it, or saying that uh, they're protecting you from me, uh, they're not protecting me, they're protecting you from me, uh, saving uh, you for uh, the beating you're going to get on uh, Sunday. I wish that they would have played off this angle a little more on TV. This is why I said earlier um, that the handicap match they had with the Bludgeon Brothers was such a wasted spot because there wasn't much time left in SmackDown when AJ came out to the ring. There was only about nine, ten minutes left. He talked for a couple minutes before uh, Joe came out and confronted him with only about two minutes left in the show. So there wasn't enough time to truly play out uh, how uh, pissed off Styles was about Joe continuing to try and make this a personal matter, continuing to bring up his family. The whole segment felt rushed. There wasn't the true payoff that you wanted here. And uh, I don't know. I mean, that that's just the trouble that you have with a two-hour show. But they could have used that two hours for so much better rather than wasting it on a spot like uh, the Bludgeon Brothers against three jobbers. See, you, you could do that kind of stuff on Raw regularly because they have three-plus hours, but not on SmackDown when they have to end the show at 10 o'clock to the very second. Um, just n- not a good way to close out the show, if you ask me, uh, last night, especially when both guys have done such a great job on the mic throughout this match, keeping or throughout this feud, keeping our interests uh, intact, uh, having us all looking forward to this match. The mic work uh, has been up to the level that we expect from both of them as in-ring workers. And I'm not, just the ending of the show that didn't sit right from with me because, well, didn't give us enough time to react to Samoa Joe's words and really take it seriously or uh, play off uh, the the emotions of AJ Styles. Um, see his uh, reaction to it, whether he and uh, actually show him charge out of the ring and attempt to get after Joe. They, if they would have had more time, then they could have shown that spot that they sh- showed on WWE.com. Um, at the end of SmackDown and left SmackDown with AJ Styles infuriated as the superstars were holding him back to to get at Samoa Joe. But either way, SmackDown's done a much better job, if you ask me, of building up intrigue with all of their matches prior to Sunday, all four of their championships on the line, as well as the highly anticipated match between Daniel Bryan and The Miz. Should be a fun time on Sunday night, and I can't wait till uh, they get to Brooklyn and get this show going. For this uh, Wednesday, August 15th, 2018, I'm M3. And that was my opinion, my recap on SmackDown Live. I'll be back throughout the week because I got some things in uh, the NFL I want to talk about, some Major League Baseball stuff I'll talk about. So we'll get to that as uh, the week goes along here. Hope you all enjoy the rest of uh, your day. Remember, follow me 
on Twitter at m 3 Rosansky, as well as check out my other podcasts I do on uh, Monday afternoons, Keeping It Sports with M3. You can find it on Facebook at facebook.com slash keepingitsportswith M3. Enjoy your night, everyone. I'll talk to you again soon. Peace.